0: You are listening to the Living Way Church Podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. Well, happy Easter. How are you today? Nothing says Easter like a casket, a coffin. Did you guys have any idea what was over there? You did? Yes. Some of you uh, kind of weirded out a little bit by by the casket. I tell you. We've got the cross, which is a, a symbol of the great sacrifice and his death. And uh, there's, there's not often that we get an opportunity to actually illustrate the tomb. So uh, today we're going to unpack what happened on that day and the power of the resurrection. 2,000 years ago, God walked through the doors of human history. And his story was the turning point of all history. Now, 2,000 years later... Today, 2 billion people around the globe are celebrating the resurrection worldwide. Why is that? Well, it all comes down to who you think Jesus is. In fact, Jesus got his disciples together one evening. They gather around a fire after a day of ministry, and this is what he said. Matthew 16, 13 says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, he said, Who do people say? The son of man, that's himself, is. Who do people say that I am? And uh, they replied, well, some say John the Baptist. Remember, they didn't have CNN or Fox News. They didn't have newspapers or or the internet to be able to look up to what Jesus looked like. They just heard about this miracle worker, this this prophet-type guy, this teacher. So some were thinking that maybe he was John the Baptist. Others say he was uh, Elijah back from the dead. Some say he was Jeremiah back from the dead uh, or one of the other prophets. But then Jesus asks this, he says, but who do you say I am? What about you? Who do you say I am? And I want you to know this before we get much further today, is that it matters what you think about Jesus. And this is, this is really what Easter is all, of. it comes down to that one question is, who do you say that Jesus is? Because it matters what you think about Jesus. Jesus is very interested and what you think about him, because it matters. You know, people have all these different kinds of views of God, different kind of views of of Jesus. Some say he was just a man, that he uh, he was just radical, you know, and, you know, too bad for him. He died an early death, but he started a revolution. Some say, well, he was a myth. There are some people who that say that, that he never even existed, that the whole thing was fabricated, that it was a legend created by people, some say it's phony that his miracles were a lie. They were added later by, by followers to kind of build momentum. Some people say that he's a nobody. He's nothing. He was misunderstood. Others say that he's buried, that he's dead. And that some think they found his body, his bones. And some say, well, he's just a symbol of love. Well, Jesus cares what you think about him. It matters. In fact, this is what Simon Peter... With him said, in verse 16, he says, son Peter answered, says, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He basically says, And you are the promised royal one. You are the Savior who has come to save us and rescue us. He says, You are the royal promised Savior who is God in the flesh. That big statement is huge when he says, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. You're God in the flesh. Come to save us. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. He says, man, this was revealed to you not by the flesh and blood, but by the Father in heaven. He says, basically, Peter, you got it right. Here's the second thing I want you to know about this today before we dive into some resurrection stories, and that is there is a right and wrong answer when it comes to what you think about Jesus. You can actually think the wrong thing about Jesus. You can actually have the wrong idea or wrong opinion of Jesus. Jesus tells us that not every answer is the same. He says that there are some who got it right and some who got it wrong. Your opinion is not the same in value to Jesus. There are right and wrong answers when it comes to what you think about Jesus. So Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? And today that's the question I want us to ask ourselves for the next 30 minutes. And that is, who Do you think that Jesus is? Jesus is asking us, who do you say that I am? There's actually a lot of resurrection stories, but this is what Jesus said in 1125, and this is kind of where we're going to sit today. Today, we're going to launch a series called I Am, and we're going to look at seven I Am sayings of Jesus. They're powerful. You saw some of those in that video just now. We're going to look at one of them today, I Am the Resurrection. John eleven twenty five 25 says this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live though they die. Now, what does resurrection mean? It just simply means to bring back to life. Jesus says, if you believe in me, you'll have dead things come alive. If you will trust in me, if you will follow me, you will see the dead come back to life. That's what Jesus says. There's actually a lot of resurrections in the New Testament. Jesus isn't the only one. We're going to take a look at them. There's five of them. We're going to fly over five resurrection stories, real life stories, a taste of things to come in a present reality. Here's story number one, real life stories that reveal the ability of Jesus to raise the dead in our life. This is the story of Jesus resurrecting a widow's Son. Let's look at this in Luke chapter seven, verse 11. It says, soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only person, the only son, his mother had, and uh, she was a widow. Now guys, listen to this. This was a woman that was not just mourning over the loss of her son. That's, that's painful, but she's already a widow. She's already lost her husband. Uh, she has no other sons. And in the culture of the time, she was destined to be a woman of poverty. She was destitute. She was destined to struggle. This was a serious financial and lifelong, a future hopelessness. She had no hope. She had no hope. And a crowd from the town was with her. Verse 13, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, I love this. He says, don't cry. And you can see the heart of God in these stories we're about to read. Man, he's, I can see him like reaching down to her or walking up to her and wiping the tears. He said, don't cry. Wiping away her tears. Then he went up to the bier That's the, the stand where the corpse was uh, sitting or the coffin, the table, the coffin or casket sits on. And uh, they, were, they were carrying him on, and, and the bearers stood still, and he said, young man, I say to you, get up. Now, the dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back his mother. Now, I've done a, a handful of, of funerals, and I've been a part of a lot of funerals, and um, things that are meaningful are often put in the casket. And we're going to find that these meaningful symbols that are often put in a casket are actually telling a story for our future today too. Because what Jesus did here is, I want you to realize that Jesus can resurrect your hope and your future. I'm going to grab something out of here. You know, uh, I've, uh, I've seen keys in a, in a casket before. And they kind of represent our future, the places we want to go, the places we, that we wished we could go, the places that, that we uh, never got to go to, our dreams that were taken away. And, and her hopeless despair and loneliness was resurrected. She was given a future again. And Jesus restores our hope. Guys, listen, when you can believe in the resurrection of Jesus, he can restore all that you feel is lost where there is no hope. Jesus wipes away your tears and he resurrects our future. Where do you need hope? Maybe you need hope because like this woman, you are in financial disaster. Maybe you are lost in a dead end job or maybe you've uh, faced bankruptcy and, or failed business or... Um, or, or you have a dream that was that was killed, and and you look at the future, you look at the keys to your future, you look to the keys of where you want to go, and you are like, God. They're dead. The God says no. I'm gonna resurrect those if you believe in me. Jesus says to you, He says, "Get up, live." Here's a second story. Jesus resurrects a preacher's daughter. In uh, Mark chapter five at verse twenty two, says then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and he pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she'll be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Now, on the way, he was slowed down by a woman who needed a miracle. She touched him and she got an amazing touch from God, a miracle. She was healed. But while Jesus was caring for this woman, it was too late. Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking to this woman, some people came from the house of Jairus and the synagogue leader, and he says, well, your is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? See, some of you, it's too late. You feel like it's too late, man. They're telling him your daughter is dead. No more hugs, no more kisses, no more seeing the smile of your precious little girl. She's dead. Verse 36, overwhelmed with what they said, Jesus, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, do not be afraid, don't be afraid, just believe. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, that preacher, that religious man, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly, and he went in and he said to them, well, why all the commotion and all the wailing? I'd be like, are you, are you serious? Are you serious, Jesus? There's pain, There's She's dead. She's dead. We asked you to hurry and you didn't. The child, he said, is is not dead but asleep. And they laughed at him. You know, I might have two. After he had put them all out of the room, he took the child's father and the mother and disciples who were with him and they went to where the child was. Man, you can totally feel and here and sense the, the heart of God here, I can see Jesus walking over to that place where that little girl was and kneeling with mom and dad on each side and putting his hands on that precious girl. He took her by the hand and he said to her, Talitha koam, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. You know, when you think about things that are dead in your life, I want you to know that if you will believe in the resurrection and the life, Jesus can resurrect your story, your family, your relationships. Jesus can resurrect your family and relationships. I look at this. This came out of my office. It's got all kinds of pictures of of us in the early years and me a few pounds heavier and, uh, and our girls a few pounds lighter. Little bitty things. And I think some of you maybe feel like this father and this mother or your family you feel like has long gone too far. Your marriage is too far gone. Your relationship is too far gone. There's no more hugs in that house. There's no more kisses in your home. There's no more smiles. The laughter is gone. But in this case, Jesus restored the hugs, the kisses, the smiles, and the laughter. And maybe you have a dead relationship. Maybe you have a dead marriage. Maybe you have a, a dead family, a dead friendship. Maybe, maybe you feel like a failure as a parent, and you look at the grave of, of what used to be in the photographs, and you look at those pictures, and your relationship is dead. But Jesus says, no. What Jesus is saying, he says, get up, live, if you will believe in me. I, am the ra- I raised the dead you believe in me i can raise that dead marriage god can resurrect a dead relationship story number three jesus resurrects a friend now john chapter 11 jesus has this very close friend his name is lazarus it's probably one of the most popular resurrection stories outside of jesus And uh, Lazarus wasn't just some Joe. He was like one of his very best friends. Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. Mary is the same Mary that that washed Jesus' feet with her tears. Same woman. Then they loved Jesus. And they often hung out at their house in Bethany. And there was a, a common array. In fact, every time they went to Jerusalem, that's the house where they stayed at. Well, when Jesus was ministering outside of town there, Mary and Martha sent for Jesus because Lazarus was deeply ill. He was very sick. And Jesus says, he's fine. And he stays back a few more days and then they get word to Jesus. Jesus, he's dead. And this is where we're gonna pick up. He turns to his disciples and he tells them, hey guys, Lazarus is dead. They all love Lazarus. So verse 14. So when he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. I'm like, what? What do you mean you're glad you weren't there? How can you be glad that you weren't there to help somebody? It's because Jesus knew. And then he says, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you might believe, so that you may believe. He says, let us go to him. Guys, I want you to realize sometimes God will let something die so he can breathe new life into it. Some of you guys are wondering about your life, about your future, about your family, about your relationship, about your marriage, about your home. And sometimes God will allow things to die in order to breathe new life and hope into it with his perspective. So, verse 16, then Thomas, uh, also known as Didymus, that's a cool name for your kids. Yeah, I'm going to name him Didymus. You did what did did Didymus Then Didymus said to the rest of the disciples, I love that. Let us go so that we may die with him. Let's go die too. Man, that's because Didymus knew something. He knew that Jesus was going to do a miracle. And he's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going on, but count me in. Verse 20, he says, uh, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. She ran out of town. She saw him at the skirts of town. Uh, but Mary stayed back, and I can see Martha running. She's like, Jesus, a word with you. What happened? We sent a message. Where were you? Jesus, I need some answers. I need, uh, Mary is tore up over this, and I'm just mad, and I want some answers. Verse 21, Lord Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. He says, I know you have power that even now God will give you whatever you ask. He says, I know you had the power to do it, but you weren't here to do it. Now, where are you? Where have you been? I know you could have done something. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha says, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Sure, one day he's gonna come alive, but Jesus says, no, not just someday, but today. Jesus says in verse 25, he says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. This is where that verse comes from. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she said. I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world and then, as he gets into town, Mary, the other sister, runs to see Jesus, and she's in tears, and, and she just wants to hear and see what Jesus is doing. See, you have two simple, simple responses to pain. You have Martha who says, Jesus, I want some answers. And, Mar- and Mary says, Jesus, I just need to know that you cared. Two sisters, two responses. She says, where were you? She cries at his feet. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. He says, Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Verse 35 is the smallest verse. And Hey, you guys wanna memorize a Bible verse today? Say, Jesus wept. You just memorize the Bible verse if you can say that again later. That's the smallest verse in the Bible. And you know what it tells us? It tells us that Jesus cares about you. I mean, why was he weeping? Was he crying for his loss? No. Was he crying for their loss? No, he wasn't. Because he knew what was about to happen. He was crying because he cares for us. And he sees our pain. He sees your pain, our suffering, our tears, and he cares about you. He cares that you're hurting today, that you might be hurting today. So they said, come and see. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Jesus, once more, was uh, deeply moved. That means he cried some more. And he came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid around and across the entrance. uh, Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, and Martha, the sister of the dead man, she said, by this time there's a bad odor for he's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, "Uh, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Then Jesus prays out loud for them all to hear, and this is what he says. Then in verse 43, when he said this, he said, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. It's been said that if he didn't say Lazarus, every dead body in the surrounding area would have been walking out of that grave that day. Verse 44, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his faith. And Jesus said, take off those grave clothes and let him go. Guys, I want you to hear this. Jesus met Mary and Martha on that road, and they were in pain, they were hurting, and they had lost their faith. And you know what? Jesus is saying to you today, he can resurrect your faith. They were questioning Jesus, they were worried, they were they were concerned, they were, they, were, they were angry, they wanted answers. Some of you today, I want you to know that Mary and Martha both struggled to trust Jesus. They found their faith again at the resurrection. See, some of you, you prayed and you trusted God. You grew up in church, but it seems like God... Did not come through and now you've experienced loss or pain or sickness and god's delay has stirred denial And now you're dead in doubt And your faith in jesus It stinks Some of you're like man i've been praying for a husband. It seems like i'll never marry You're like i've been praying for healing It seems like i'll never be healed I prayed for my family when they were sick and they still died I can't seem to get out of this hole that I am in. God, I don't even know if you're there anymore. I know you have the power, but you must be mean because you're not helping me. Like Mary and Martha, you're discouraged. Depression is gripping you. And you're wondering if God, if you're there, you've cried over it and you've told God about it. But Jesus, his response to you today is I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you'll see dead things come back to life. That same voice that called Laz out is calling you out. Can you hear him? He's saying, come out of that grave. He's saying, take off those grave clothes, those reminders of your struggle, the reminders of that bondage. Take off the things that are binding you and let them go, let run. He says, let them run. Story number four, and this is probably one of the more Bizarre stories in the entire new testament is that dead people are Spontaneously resurrected at the crucifixion of jesus See god kicked up dirt for 33 years the god man jesus walked the earth For the sole purpose of making his way to the cross He didn't he didn't come to earth to tell us how to be good people How to love each other or to show us a picture of love. He came for the purpose to get to the cross. Everything he did was one step closer to those nails and his hands and his feet. And when the time had come, he surrendered himself to the authorities and it was his plan. He will, his life was not taken. He willingly gave his life and it was not a sinister plot, but it was God's plan to redeem and rescue us from our sins. And it was so powerful that at that moment when Jesus cried, it is finished. When the payment of our sin was satisfied, at that moment, at the moment of his death, when payment was accomplished, a supernatural event happened. Look at Matthew uh, 27, verse 50. And when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That's the veil separating us from God's presence was now torn down by God himself. Anyone can now go into the presence of God through Jesus. It says, the earth shook and rocks split and the tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Say, so, what? We're talking about when Jesus died on the cross... Some dead people came alive. When Jesus cried, it is finished into your hands. Father, I commend my spirit. When he gave up his last breath, when he gave his life, man, life, the windows of of heaven and hell and death and the grave were stirred and the dead came back to life. There was such a roar in the spirit realm over his life-saving event that those recently dead walked out of the grave. Now, verse 53, check this out. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. That means they hung out in the tomb until three days later. (laughs) I'd love to be hanging out in there. Dude, what's up? Hey, what's going on? You know, they're just talking in the grave, in the tomb. These would have to have been the recently dead because of the way the bodies are prepared. I'll talk about that in a second. But here's, here, here it is, man, there's some dead guys hanging out. You guys want to get somebody? I don't know, I'm, I'm good. I'm just, I, I think we're supposed to stay here till Jesus comes out too. I mean, there was no surprise. They See, these were holy men. These were righteous ones. These were ones that walked with God but couldn't go to heaven. They went to the place of paradise. We've talked about this before. So they were fully aware of what was going on because they just came from the place where Jesus was going to hang out for a few days. And they're like, hey, guys, just sit tight because Sunday's coming. I want you to know this. Jesus can resurrect your path, uh, your past. I've got a watch here. I've seen a lot of funerals where uh, people put a put a watch in the casket or a... Uh, a timepiece of some sort, a stopwatch, because it's a, remi- it's a reminder of their story with them. It's a reminder of their past. It's a reminder of a, of a special memory. But I want you to know something. The, that resurrection is a reminder that your past of being dead in your sin is resurrected, that you can be forgiven. See, that resurrection is a, is a, is a cry to you today. Listen, maybe you think you have gone too far, that you have done too much, that your past is too sordid, that your past is too wicked. It's, you've done too many, your hands have touched and, and done too much. Your feet have taken you too many places and you've stood in too many rooms. Oh, Jesus says, Ah, I can resurrect your past. Though you're dead and you're sin, I can give you life again. That day, dead men walked again, their lives given back to them by Jesus. This was no ordinary event. This was life impacting supernatural. The power of Jesus has conquered sin and shame. And at the resurrection of of Lazarus, we are reminded, at that resurrection of those dead men, we are reminded that those dead can come alive. The way to God is open to all who trust in that bloody beam that poured forth the blood of Christ. Taken from the cross, Hope seemed gone. Confusion set in. His life was now over and his disciples began to mourn Friday night as he was laid in a tomb by 6 p.m. On Saturday, the Bible just says they huddled together, probably fearful, afraid, scared, confused. They cried, they mourned. Fearful, broken, Jesus is dead. I want you to take a look at this. This is how... This is how bodies were done in Jewish days. This is called an osuary. and an osuary is a is a box for bones. And this is what they did with Jesus. Is in the Jewish tradition, they would take a body off of the cross or off, or if they died a normal uh, means, they would take the body and they would wrap it. They would like mummify it with oils, essential oils, and and fragrances, and they would wrap it uh, to preserve the body. And then they would periodically go to that grave and remember that person. And they would again anoint it with oil. And over the course of a year, that body would decompose and turn to bones. Then they would take those bones and they would put them in an ossuary and they would put them on a shelf in that grave. And they would be a family tomb. And they would have compartments for everybody's body. Okay. So Jesus was in that process. They took him off the cross. They took him into that tomb. They, they saturated his body with the oils of burial. They wrapped him, but they didn't get it finished. Because at sunset, the Sabbath began, and they had to get home and get out of there. So by 6 o'clock, they had started the process, and on Sunday morning, some of the women went back to finish the process. So as they went back, what they found was like nothing they ever expected. There's one more resurrection, Jesus' resurrection. Look at this in Matthew 28, verse 5. All four of the Gospels record a different aspect of the resurrection. This is Matthew. It says, the angel said to the woman, he says, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're, you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified. That means who died. He was, he was mutilated. He was dead. But he's not here. He has risen just as he said. He'd been trying to tell you that if you believe in him, you'll see the dead come to life. He, tried, he was telling you all along, come and see the place where he is led. They went there and he was gone. And this is then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy And they ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus shows up. (laughs) Capasa, What's happening? Jesus says, greetings. Good morning. And they came to him and they clasped his feet and they worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell your brothers to go to Galilee and they'll see me too. See, Jesus then spends the next 40 days preparing them for what was next to tell the world of his life-giving resurrection power to those who will believe. Here's the last thing I want you to realize. Jesus can resurrect your eternity. He can resurrect a body. You see, we all have a date with death and eternity is very real. Death is not the end. See, the ancient Egyptians, they taught that, this is a, that there's a parallel world, that, that, that you'll need food, that you'll need cooking utensils, that you'll need weapons. So they, so they would bury their people with things that they would need in the other life. The Eastern religions believe in reincarnation that you can have an endless cycle over and over and over hoping to one day attain nothingness. The Greeks, they taught that the body is evil and that the soul is taken to a place of rest. But Jesus, he's the only one that speaks of a one-time death and an eternal resurrection in a real body. And this resurrection was proof. This casket represents a resurrected body that comes to life i was wondering where you were all morning (laughs) how you feeling man resurrect the dead, including Sean. You see, you may not realize who you're dealing with. You see, Jesus claimed to be God. He claimed to be the voice of God. He claimed to be the forgiver of sins. He claimed to have authority over all things, including our eternal destiny. So what you think about Jesus, it matters. What you believe about Jesus, it matters. The cross was victory over sin. The resurrection is victory over death, hell, and the grave. And it solidified that what the cross did was enough. It proved the power of the cross and ensured an eternity of life. I want you to know something today. The resurrection assures us that there is life after death but it will not be the same for everyone. The Bible says that not everybody goes to heaven. Oh, heaven is for real. I don't need a movie to tell me that. Heaven is for real, but it's not gonna be for everybody. Just as heaven is real, and Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven a lot, he also talked about hell a lot, eternal judgment. And he says, if you don't understand who I am, If you don't follow me and understand that I am the life giver, then you will not have life. And in Jesus, you don't have to be unsure of this life. You don't have to be unsure about the afterlife. And you don't have to be afraid of death. See, the resurrection power isn't just power for the future. It's power for the now. It's power for today. It's power for your life and your marriage and your family and your finances. It's power for right now. The empty tomb means that Jesus is alive and God is not dead. He is alive and his people. You know, after Jesus rose from the grave, his followers were deeply persecuted. They were attacked. They were condemned. They were skinned alive. They were stuck on posts and they were thrown to the lion's. Uh, and to beasts of prey for entertainment. They were mocked. They were chased down. Their lives were destroyed, but they never lost the grip of Jesus's hope. And you know, they began to hide underground in the catacombs around uh, Rome. And they began to paint on the walls reminders of their faith. And guess what the number one object of their paintings was? You're looking at it right now. The number one object of their paintings was not a cross. It was not a fish. It was not a shepherd, though they painted some of these things. The number one item, hundreds of paintings all around Rome, the resurrection of Lazarus. This one painting represents, I am the resurrection alive. If you believe in me, you will not die, but you will live. You see, in the face of their persecution, in the face of their death, they knew that Jesus was going to bring them life again. So what's painting on your walls, in your heart, in your home, in your mind? What's on the catacombs of your walk with God? I want to be like those early followers that in the face of death, they knew Jesus. (laughs) As you rose from the dead, I know I will too. That's what that story, that's why they painted Lazarus because it was, them way, it was their way of saying, Jesus, you're alive and I know I will be alive too. And no matter what life brings me, no matter what pains I face, no matter what struggles I endure, Jesus is with me. I want us to think about this as we close today is that the resurrection is not an event, it is a person. Jesus did not say, that he is able to resurrect, he says, I am the resurrection. Some of you, Easter is not an event. Easter is not a Sunday. It's only a small part of Easter. This is a life of walking in relationship with Jesus. It's not a yearly event. It's not a monthly event. It's not even a weekly event. It's a daily journey of walking with Jesus. 1125 of John, we're gonna end with this. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's my question to you. Do you believe this? She answered, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God, who has come into this world. That's the exact same answer that Peter gave when Jesus asked, who do you think I am? And Jesus is asking you that exact same question this Easter. Who am I? Who do you say that I am? Because there's no no middle ground. And you can get this one wrong. But I want you to know something, that that cross is empty. And he is risen just as he said. The grave is empty and there's hope for your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you have given us life. You've given us hope, and I thank you, Jesus, that uh, you have the power to resurrect the dead things in our life, and Lord, I know that many of us here have, have uh, dead relationships, dead families. Our hope is dead. Our future seems bleak, but God, I pray that you'd help us to know that in you, there is, there is healing, there is life, there is resurrection. Resurrection is coming in our life, if we will believe and trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.livingwaychurch.cc.